0: The Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor on December seventh, nineteen forty one, struck like a lightning bolt, igniting a firestorm of patriotism that engulfed America. Before that unexpected assault, the country was divided, with large segments of the public adamantly opposed to involvement in another foreign war. Uncertain as to Pearl Harbor's location, most Americans nonetheless knew something horrible had occurred when radio announcers interrupted regular programming to broadcast news of the Sunday morning bombing in Hawaii. At 2.31 p.m. Eastern Time, CBS radio correspondent John Daly informed his listening audience that Japanese forces had struck American bases. In Westerville, Ohio, 16-year-old Warren Thomas and his father heard the shocking bulletin as they sat in the front room. Like everyone else listening to a radio that day, they stayed glued to their set in anticipation of additional bulletins francis iglehart and his classmates at st paul's prep school near concord new hampshire received the news from a dormitory supervisor and excitedly began to discuss which branch of service they would join though the impetus he confessed was as much an escape from school as an expression of patriotism that sunday afternoon james larkey's uncle took the whole family to the polar grounds to watch the new york football giants play the brooklyn football dodgers During the game, the loudspeaker system kept summoning military officers to report immediately to their unit headquarters. At dinner that evening, they learned the reason for the urgent departures. Grant Yeager was working at his dad's little store in Sandusky, Michigan, when the news broke. The next day, he took a bus to Detroit and tried unsuccessfully to enlist in the Marines. In Marshfield, Wisconsin, 16-year-old Raymond Wenzel was sitting in his grandparents' house waiting for the Green Bay Packer football game to start when the announcement came over the radio. Not knowing where Pearl Harbor was, he wondered if the Japanese would bomb his family, too. Robert Mish, a sophomore at the College of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota, heard the news on a tiny crystal set in his bedroom and hoped the American forces would take it to the Japanese. A senior at Catholic Central High in Detroit, Joseph Thim, sat in his best friend's car while they discussed the future, which they guessed would mean either enlisting or waiting to be drafted. At this point, the war became the focus of our lives. Robert Macklin, a freshman at Texas A&M University, was watching a polo match when the swing music playing on the radio of a convertible park nearby was suddenly interrupted by a report of the war-triggering event, which soon brought a more serious and sober mood. To the campus. Carefree days had come to an end for Macklin and young men across the nation. Upon hearing what had happened, Ken Reed, a high school student in Astoria, Oregon, near the mouth of the Columbia River, worried that the coastal state might be invaded or bombed. Eager to do his part, Reed immediately tried to volunteer. When Homer Kissinger of Ottawa, Kansas came home late in the afternoon, his mother, thinking Pearl Harbor was located somewhere in Northern California, gave him an incoherent and frightening account of an attack on San Francisco, in which hundreds had been killed. The seriousness of the situation was confirmed on Monday, December 8, when President Franklin Roosevelt asked Congress for a declaration of war in a six-minute speech broadcast live to the nation. Throughout the country, high school principals organized special assemblies for their students. At Riverton High School in southeast Kansas, the entire school, including Howard Bowers, gathered to hear the president's address. William Gallagher, a farm boy from rural Oklahoma, and his Avant High School classmates, 100 strong, listened quietly to the sober message that would dramatically impact their lives. Working as an historical aide for the National Park Service in Washington, D.C., Charles Rowland initially didn't believe the news. He thought those funny-looking little Japs wouldn't dare attack our great naval base. But after learning the truth, Shock, disbelief, patriotic anger, excitement, and anxiety overcame him and everyone else. Within days, isolationism virtually disappeared as Americans realized, especially after Germany also declared war on December 11th, the two oceans no longer functioned as an attack proof barrier against foreign aggression. Upon learning of the war's beginning, B.O. Wilkins and his ROTC classmates at Louisiana State University marched to the university president's house, and asked him what they should do to defend the country. Deep in the heart of Louisiana, they stood ready to fight. Sam Lombardo, a sergeant in the regular army, and his outfit were bivouacked near Lynchburg, Virginia, when they learned of the Japanese air attack. He later recalled, No one slept much that night, because everyone was uncertain about what was going to happen next.